0: Our scripture, uh, we're in the midst of a sermon series that we're calling Jesus Man of Mystery, and I call it Jesus Man of Mystery because in Mark's gospel, which is primarily what we're going to be studying for the next several weeks, Jesus just sort of shows up on the scene. There isn't a lot of background information given to us. We don't read about his birth or the miraculous circumstances around his birth or, or how the shepherds and the angels and the wise men all played a part of that story. Jesus just kind of shows up and there's this mysterious quality about him. And it's only slowly as we journey through the gospel of Mark that Jesus begins to reveal himself more and more to those who would follow him. And so that sounded like a great sermon title, Jesus, the Man of Mystery. Our scripture this morning comes from Mark, the first chapter, verses 14 through 20. And the title of today's sermon is An Urgent Mission, An Urgent Mission. Last week, I learned that an acquaintance of mine has been diagnosed with the same kind of cancer that I was diagnosed with back in 2020 or 2010, and while it is a very treatable form of cancer, uh, it's not a cancer that you hear about a lot, and the treatments are really, really tough. And so I received a phone call, and they asked me if I would be willing to talk to this acquaintance about what he might expect to encounter over the coming weeks and months and, in fact, years. And as I thought about what it is that I might share with him about that journey that he is about to take, I remembered a lot of stuff about that time in my own life some 14 years ago, Uh, Some of it good, some of it not so good. One of the, do I need to change microphones, you think? Okay, we're good? All right. Uh, So one of the things that was actually good for me about that journey in my life is that going through something like that helped me to realize that none of us are promised the next breath. None of us know if we're going to wake up from bed tomorrow morning. Uh, life is fragile and and life is sometimes taken for granted and that's exactly what I felt like had happened to me and so When I got on the other side of my cancer diagnosis when I'd undergone all the treatments when I'd gotten that clean bill of health I decided that from this point on I wanted to live with a greater sense of urgency I I didn't want to take anything for granted if there was things that I wanted to say I wanted to say it and if there were things I wanted to do I wanted to do it I, I wanted to make sure that I seized the moment And seized the day. I I wanted to live with this sense of urgency. Well, as I was thinking about what I was gonna say to this guy, it occurred to me that I don't live with that same urgency anymore. Kind of the ordinariness of life, the everyday mundane things of life, the day-to-day trod through life just sort of takes over gradually. And you realize that while I was living with such a great sense of urgency in those early days post-cancer, I don't always do that anymore. It's, It's as if I've forgotten how fragile life can be. The same thing happened to an artist by the name of Candy Chang. Candy Chang lived in New Orleans, Louisiana, and she uh, experienced the death of someone that she loved very, very much. That death put her into a tailspin of grief and depression which fortunately gave way to an ability to be grateful and thankful. For the time that she had to spend with this person that she loved. And she, like me, after my cancer experience, decided that because of that experience of losing someone she loved, that she wanted to live life with a greater sense of urgency. She wanted to seize the moment, to seize every opportunity, to say what she wanted to say and to do what she wanted to do. But like me... She found that over the course of time, the ordinariness of life, the mundane day-to-day stuff that we encounter began to take over again, and that she too had found herself not living with the same urgency, with not treasuring each moment as a gift and not taking life for granted. So she was sitting around with some of her artist friends, and she said, what can we do to try to constantly remind ourselves that life is fragile? What can we do to to remind ourselves to live with this sense of urgency in our lives? And that's when they were reminded of an old abandoned house that was right across the street from where this artist Candy Chang lived I've got a picture of that house for you. I want you to take a look at it. It was completely covered with graffiti. And this is what she saw when she looked out her window every single morning. But she and her artist friends had this idea. Oh, it's back here, but it's not up. Oh, there we go. Now you see it. Uh, So she and her artist friends had this idea. What if we paint over all of that graffiti and we'll actually use chalk paint. And so the second picture will show you what they did. They painted over all of that graffiti with chalk paint. And then uh, Candy Chang began to stencil in a phrase that you're going to see on this third picture, and it's, before I die, I want to blank. She posted that phrase all over the walls of that abandoned house. Now the fourth picture, you'll see what it looks like. Before I die, blank. I want to blank. They left chalk out so that all the passerbys, this is going to be an opportunity for not only them to be reminded of how quickly life can pass us by, but also a public space where that everybody in the community could confront their own mortality and, and, and to maybe invite them to live with a sense of urgency that were never promised the next moment. And the next day after they completed this project, they woke up. And every single one of those slots were filled already. Now, some of the comments that were in those blanks were profound. And some of them were humorous. There were things like, before I die, I want to sing in front of millions of people. Before I die, I want to plant a tree. Before I die, I want to win the lottery. Before I die, I want to hold her one more time. Before I die, I want to preach to a half-empty sanctuary full of people on a cold January morning. Okay, that wasn't on the list, but I added it this morning. She put this out there, and it began to take off. Do you know that today there are over 5,000 Before I Die walls all over the world in 75 countries? You can read all about this movement on Candy Chang's website, beforeidieproject.com. She even did a TED Talk about her experience of doing this and how it changed her life and changed the world. Over 6 million people have watched that TED Talk, and it has now been translated into over 40 different languages. It was Candy's way of realizing that sometimes the everydayness of life takes over and we lose the sense of urgency that this is a precious moment given to us by God and we need to take advantage of it and to maximize it to its fullness. The same thing I think is happening in our scripture lesson this morning. We are introduced to four fishermen who are caught, the ordinariness of their life in fact they're doing in the scripture lesson what they would do every day of their lives they're catching fish hopefully they're mending and they're repairing and they're preparing their nets for future fishing expeditions mark doesn't give us a lot of information We have no idea whether these fishermen actually like to fish and love their job or they absolutely hate it. Now, we have some clues, but we really don't know if these fishermen are prosperous and successful in what they do or whether they're just barely making ends meet. Mark doesn't tell us if these two sets of brothers actually knew each other previously. And if they did know each other, Mark doesn't tell us if they were friends or if they considered the other set of brothers as their chief competition in the highly competitive world of selling fish in first century Galilee. We have no idea. If these disciples are actively and looking for a new job, a new opportunity, or whether or not they're just looking for a little more spontaneity in their life. All we know about these fishermen is what Mark tells us. And what Mark tells us is that Jesus was just passing by. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like to me that Jesus didn't go out looking for these four specific people that day. It sounds to me like Jesus was just on a leisurely stroll alongside the lake when all of a sudden he comes up on these two fishermen who are throwing out their nets. And Jesus, when he sees them, says, hey, guys, come follow me. And I will make you fishers of people. Now, according to Mark, these two fishermen don't ask any questions. All they do is just immediately cast down their nets and follow Jesus. And then a little while later, they run up on two more brothers who are also fishing. And the same invitation that was extended to Simon and Andrew is extended to James and John. And the same response. They immediately leave everything and they go and follow Jesus. It makes me wonder, Mark couldn't you give us a little bit more information? I mean, was fishing for people so much better in their mind than freshwater fishing in the lake? There's so much more that Mark could have told us to explain why it is that these four men heard an invitation from Jesus and immediately dropped everything and began to follow him. But then maybe Mark, what he really wanted to convey is simply this, that an encounter with Jesus, just like a battle with cancer, just like losing a friend that you dearly love, an encounter with Jesus can help you to see how important it is to savor life to realize that you've only got this one moment in time to act and, and to live your life with a sense of urgency even when you don't know how living with a sense of urgency will where it will take you or what it will look like an encounter with Jesus like an illness like a death, like so many other things in life, can help give your life new meaning and can help give us all a greater sense of urgency. And I think at the end of it all, that's exactly what Mark wants us to know. He could have explained why those four guys followed Jesus, but what he really wanted us to think about is when you've had one of those moments in your life that gives it new meaning and purpose and value, how are you going to respond? Will you live with a greater sense of urgency? And so I wonder this morning, what urgent mission might God be calling you to do? It's important to note that those disciples were just doing what they do every single day when they received the call of Christ. In what way might Christ be seeking to call you in the ordinariness of your life? In what way might Christ be attempting to give your life greater meaning? In what way might you respond to Christ in order to truly appreciate and savor the urgency of this very moment? For the next moment is not promised to us. May God give each of us the faith of those fishermen who when they heard Christ call, listened. And may God give each of us the courage of those fishermen. Mm -hmm. Having heard God's call out of the ordinariness of life into an urgent sense of something important, may God give us the courage to follow.